Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. You're listening to a special interview with Crystal Sparks here on Freedom Forum Radio. We pick up right now where we left off last week. You know, I definitely want to talk about some of these issues in in a bit, but before we leave the subject of okay. curriculum, yes. Um, how did you decide? Do you do you teach a course? Do you, w- would you say that you sat down with a book and and you had in your mind, I'm teaching uh, English one, or I am teaching American history, or I'm? Te- do you have in mind? You say. This year, these are the courses that I am going to teach my children. Is that what goes on? Um, yes, I think in general, yes. Um, and that has changed over the years. Um, you know, you talked about individuality in your opening statement, and that is one of the things that um, I think is so important in homeschooling. Um, we are all unique individuals, Um And our families, because we're comprised of unique individuals, our families are also unique as well. And so even within my own family, having three daughters, they're also very different too. And their interests are different. Their skill sets are different. different, And um, um, their goals are different. And so as a homeschooling mom, I am able to tailor curriculum um, to help support them. You know, my daughter very science-oriented, had a dream of being a pharmacist since she was in high school. And so um, I'm able to individualize her studies to help her to get to that goal. I'm also able to look at her weaknesses and, you know, try to grow those and help her there too. Um, And so that's one of the beautiful things about homeschooling is the ability to tailor the curriculum to your child. But, yes, there is kind of a basic... Um, you know, the reading, writing, arithmetic that you want to make sure every child has. But then in addition to that, really, you know, if you have a child who wants to be a pharmacist, you have to take their their education seriously. You can't, you know, um, they need to be proficient, more than just proficient in math and um, and the sciences. Um, But there's a lot of curriculum. I currently... um, I'm part of a program called Classical Conversations, um, and it is a curriculum from pre-K all the way uh, through 12th grade. It's college prep, um, and it's a a once-a-week program. We all meet together, um, and that curriculum is basically, there's a framework that is planned out for the parent from pre-K all the way through 12th grade. Um, 
And that wasn't available to me 20 years ago. So there's a lot more um, programs and resources available now to help parents navigate and choose curriculum for their children. Did, were there some areas of study that you felt were not being taught well at all in public school from studying what they were being taught in public school? And you said, you know, I really want my children to learn this. Did you, were there things like yes. that that you just, what, what kind of things were those? Um, American history, um, history, of, uh, history of any kind, but uh, specifically American history. Um, I think the literacy rate, and literacy not meaning people who can read it, but people who can read the Constitution and be able to tell you what it means is like 14% in our nation. And that includes politicians and, you know, so we have a 14%. I guarantee you they're not in the 14%. Maybe not. And that scares me. I want my, um, I want my children to be able to read important American documents and not just be able to read the words, but be able to understand what it's saying and what it means and and how it relates um, to today, and if is it relevant, and um, what do we need to, to do to preserve our rights? So yes, that was a that was a big one for us. You know, I'm glad you said that because obviously, when you study American history, and and that is to me the one of the most critical things that you can teach any child, if they understand American history, then they understand how we got the Constitution, why that Constitution, why that document was written the way it was written. They didn't just sit down in Philadelphia and decide, oh, I think today we're going to have a, we're going to have a, uh, an executive branch, or today we're going to have right. two branches. There was reasons for all that. And one of the most important things, and, I'm, and I kind of hope your kids had an opportunity to read them, were the minutes of the, the state ratification conventions so before that constitution was ratified every single state had their own little convention and people had an awful lot to say about that constitution and so why the constitution and the bill of rights came out the way it did is because of what those people understood was important to have a free society and that's why learning the american history is so critical and they, people don't get that in schools now the way we did when we were young and the way your kids obviously have. Well, I think the other thing that's, that's also very important that I feel like homeschoolers um, have an opportunity um, to get that they may not in public school is the integration of subjects. So to understand American history, you, kinda, you do have to know what was going on prior to that. You have to understand geography. You have to understand, you know... Um, a lot of different subjects that come into play. And in, in a public school setting, you have a teacher who's teaching English, and then you have a teacher who's teaching um, math, and then a teacher who's teaching science. And those conversations don't really um, blend over into each other. It's very segmented. And so as a homeschooler, when those conversations take place, you can you can discuss, you know, um, if you look at someone like Thomas Jefferson, who wasn't just a writer, he was also an architect. He was, you know, he was an inventor, an inventor. He was many, you know, and that's, you know, that's one of the goals that we have personally with our children is that they're not just, um, it, it not just like not to being taught to the test and not just being 
so focused in on one skill that they're not able, um, you know, to to diversify their interests even as they grow older, like to teach them how to learn and that things aren't just segmented in society, but what was happening historically affected the music of the period, affected the art that was being produced. Like all of that impacts each other. But I think in the school setting, it looks, at least my experience was all very individual. It did, and it, it wasn't relevant to me and I didn't see the importance of really learning it because I couldn't see how it impacted anything that I truly was interested in or even my life as a teenager where if those subjects are integrated and those conversations are taking place then it kind of brings it to life and they can see the importance of it and the relevance we have to take a quick commercial break here on Freedom Forum Radio more right after this You know, you had three, three children yes. in homeschool, yes. in your own little one-room schoolhouse, yes. at the same time. What was your schedule each day like? Give, give us kind of a glimpse. How, how did you do that? Okay. Um, that can be challenging because when Alyssa was in high school, I had a high schooler, a middle school, and an elementary school. And so some of the subjects we, we did together, like we... Um, we always start our day with devotion, so we'd have a time of devotions that we did together as a family. Um, we had we would do history together, um, and you know the discussions. Obviously, with the older kids, would you know there might be a coloring sheet for the youngest while we're talking. Um, it it got that got challenging. That was one of the reasons why I started classical conversations. Um, became a part of that program was because. Um, it was something I could do with my kids at the same time, but then individualize their learning also. So that that is a very, um, it's a good question because it is one of the challenges of homeschooling, especially if you have multiple children with a wide age spread. Um, but there are subjects that you can, um, you know, you can do together. But when you get to something like math, um, you know, it tends to be something you need to be very individual with. And so... Being able to organize your time and schedule your time, and you're also teaching your children how to manage their time as well, um, is a challenge, but it's doable. Did you actually stand up in front of them with a, with a chalkboard and write stuff out, or did you lecture them, or did you just sit around a table and talk? How did you do that? Most of our homeschooling has taken place around the kitchen table and on our couch. Um, and again, every family is different. That is what has worked for us. Some some families do try to bring the school environment to their home. That wasn't what I wanted to do. I don't have a school room. Um, I do have a whiteboard now. Um, and as my children got older, I did find that writing things on the board just so that they could own their own schedule, like here are the expectations of the day. You can refer to the board. I would check back in with them to see you know how their studies were going. As they got older, they got more independent. And so I just became more a... Um, advisor um and a resource for them um and less instructional time so you would give them a lot you had a lesson plan like over the course of this month we're going to cover a certain amount of material Uh, would would that be an accurate way of, of looking at it yes and so like our you know for instance your math curriculum 
it comes with the lesson so you can look at it you know this is what I need to do today I want to get in five four or five lessons a week um, in the younger years it requires a lot more individual teaching and I wouldn't say I ever really lectured there were some topics that we got on that I was probably more passionate about um, but it's it's you know it's sitting beside your child folding laundry and um, you know helping them with their addition facts you know I mean it's, it becomes a lifestyle it's not you know eight hours in a room trying to uh, replicate a school environment it's you're living your life um, but being one-on-one with your child I can also teach a math lesson to a to one child much quicker than I could a classroom of 25 I know when they miss a problem you know I know when they're stuck on something I know exactly when I need to step in and help them I also know when I need to pat one of them on the back and say you know let's take a break I can see you're overwhelmed you know Go outside for a few minutes and get some fresh air, and we'll we'll hit this again later. Were you ever stumped? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you I, do? I yes. Um, I mean, I can yeah. I can see circumstances. You know, some of the math. I mean, I mean, I mean, what if you just look at this problem and you say, "My God, I don't even know how to do this." And I. I did get, especially with a daughter who um, wanted to be a pharmacist. Yes, by the time we got in high school, um, I was a, I dropped out of high school chemistry, very dramatically dropped out of high school chemistry. So was, was there an explosion involved? There was a little, no, there wasn't. Just me, my emotions. Um, but yeah, I dropped out of high school chemistry. So then, when I have a daughter who says I want to be a pharmacist, and I'm homeschooling, yeah, I was a little stumped. <laughs> um, but um, the, the advantage of being a part of a homeschooling community is, you know, I, I have access to resources where I just, I, you know, I got a tutor. I had a tutor come help us. Um, and, I, and I was um, more comfortable with writing and literature. And so we started a co-op from literally that situation. I had a child who needed chemistry, and, um, and this lady had a chemistry background and was comfortable teaching it. She wasn't comfortable teaching her daughter writing, who happened to be a strong writer. And so we started a co-op. I taught writing, and she taught science. And it worked really well. So really, and with this theme has kind of come up over and over again, is that you have formed relationships, partnerships, and actually a more formal cooperative program for homeschoolers in our area. Yes. You, you want to talk about that? Sure. There's a... There's um, a few ways to connect um, with the homeschooling community. Um, in North Carolina, we have a support group called Cherokee County Christian Homeschoolers, and it basically serves North Georgia and Western, you know, the Western probably three counties of North Carolina. Um, and it is, it's basically just a support group um, for parents who can plug in, um, ask questions, find resources. Um, we plan a lot of social activities as well through that organization. Um, there's also a formal program called Classical Conversations, which I mentioned earlier. I was kind of interested in that because yes. I know you had a really a wonderful program at the First Baptist Church in in, yes. in in Murphy. Yes, we started we started Cherokee County Christian Homeschoolers in 2003. Um, in 2010. In a response to my need of 
having children in high school, middle school, and elementary school. I needed, I just needed um, something more to help me streamline my academics and give me a little additional support, especially in the high school years. And so um, we we started a classical conversations community, which is actually now a, a an international um, homeschooling support program. But we started our local group in 2010 with 15 students. Um, we now have um, a group in Murphy that um, there's about 75 children participate. We have an Andrews community with about 40 children, and we're getting ready to start a third um, community in the Murphy area as well. And it's for pre-K through 12th grade. Um, and registration for that opens up to the public in March. Um, so if anybody is interested in more information, they can contact me um, with their questions. Um, in North Georgia, there's also a large co-op um, called Grace Co-op that meets in Blairsville. Um, and so it's, um, it's just a, it's a local program, um, but it is meeting the, the needs um, of a lot of families as well. So there's a lot of opportunities to connect and find support. So one of the questions you always hear about one of the critiques of homeschool or criticisms, I should say, of homeschool is the lack of socialization. Yeah. But these groups are really a way of having children socialize as well as parents socialize because you need the socialization as well as the children. Yes. And, and the, the support group meets the social needs of the children, but I think almost as importantly, the needs of the parents for encouragement and support as well. And, yes, the whole issue of socialization always makes me laugh um, because our, our children are, um, have um, quality social opportunities, and a lot of them. Um, and I think sometimes that question about socialization, it, you know, what, what, a, what is my child missing, you know, from public school? Well, I mean, I could give you a whole list of, of the so it's probably the social well, the social aspect is really one of the reasons why I do homeschool. You know, I don't want my children bullied. I don't want my children being exposed to um, the drugs and alcohol and um, sexual promiscuity and and all of that that is really just peer pressure and the peer schools. pressure involved and the peer in pressure and yeah. and so we do provide a lot of social opportunities um, as a group. Um, you know. A lot of field trips, um, Christmas party, Valentine's Day parties, um, but even outside of the groups, um, organized events that we plan, most of our kids are very active in their community, in their church, their youth groups, 4-H clubs, um, sports, local sports teams, um, and then again, like a because your child has individual interests, one of the opportunities my child had this past year was to be um, an apprentice to um, a protege for the Beekeepers Association. And so every month she was together with, you know, mostly an older crowd of um, beekeepers. And so that's a social opportunity that, you know, has a lot of value. Um, there's a lot of wisdom to be gained Um from this older generation. And so that concludes this week's episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Tune in next week for part two. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. 
Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Me the Choctaw! Me original sin! Me railroad steel!